Amen. Thank God for all these wonderful songs we've heard tonight and this word we've already heard. Ain't God good to us? Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Our prayers for all those that are sick tonight and traveling, working, all these things. But thank God for a full house of people on a midweek double portion Wednesday night. Amen. I pray God to pour out a double portion upon you. I pray God to give you a double portion of his anointing, his blessings, his goodness for your faithfulness. Amen. Thank you for being here. 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter and the fifth verse. Amen. Praise God. Thank, thank the Lord. Amen. When I seen Sister Alicia come in real late tonight, I knew the Lord's been good to us to help us. We have people to rotate, more than one person to play the keyboard and the organ. I seen my son singing instead of playing. God's really been good to us. Amen. Thank God for all he's doing. Amen. I love, I love rotation. Amen. Praise God. The Bible talks about a five-fold ministry, which means I get rotated sometimes too. Amen. So if I get rotated, you, you probably ought to get rotated too. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. We still haven't figured out how to rotate Brother Daniel yet. <laughs> We've only been trying nine years, but we're about to get there, Lord willing, in Jesus' name. God sent us a, a D2. Praise God. 2.0, Brother Daniel 2.0. Amen. Praise God. Great. God's given us some great people, great men, great women, great prayer warriors, young people. We're just, we're just blessed coming and going, and I'm thankful for it. Amen. Praise God. Everybody say, I love the word. Therefore, judge nothing. Everybody say, judge nothing. Judge nothing before the time. Everybody say, the time. Until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the heart. And then shall every man have praise of God. Amen. Judge nothing before the time. Praise God. Amen. I want to preach to you for just a little while from this title. Time will tell your story. Amen. Set your Bibles down. Lift your hands to the Lord all across this house. Amen. Come on, prayer warriors. Why don't you help me pray right now? I need God to help me in this place. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray that you would move in this house, the remaining of this service, God, that you would pour out an anointing upon this place. Hallelujah. Come on, why don't you join up with somebody for one moment? Hallelujah. Come on, help somebody. Join your faith with their faith. Come on, pray for your neighbor right now. Hallelujah. We're going to help somebody in this house. We're going to help somebody watching online tonight. We're going to help people all over the place by the word of God. We are begotten by the word. Come on, everybody in this house, put your hands together for Jesus right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. I want to preach. Everybody say time. Time will tell your story. A couple weeks ago, I had uh, finished my annual Bible reading. I'd read through the Bible for the year, and I thought, I'm just going to go ahead and start next year and get a jump start on it. And so I started, started back all over again in Genesis, and there I'd read it for a day or two, and I come <clears throat> to this day. And I began to read Genesis, the 13th chapter. And I remember reading uh, at the beginning of my Bible reading for that day, uh, Genesis 13 and 5. And it said, Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. And the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together, for their substance was great. So that they could not dwell together. So I, 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 the beginning of my Bible reading was Genesis 13. And I wasn't paying attention. I just kept reading and I read all the way to Genesis the 19th chapter. And, and, and the 30th verse, when I got to this verse, it stopped me. Because the Bible said, And Lot went up out of Zoar and dwelt in the mountain and his two daughters with him. For he feared to dwell in Zoar, and he dwelt in a cave, he and his two sisters. Amen. One thing that I, I love Bibles, I've got a bunch of Bibles, uh, but this is my, this is the Bible I got when I got the Holy Ghost. My brother-in-law, sister-in-law, Jason and Angie Herring bought this Bible for me as soon as I got the Holy Ghost. I read this through the first year and read another version the same year. And I've had Bibles. I've had all kinds of Bibles. I love Bibles. I just love the Word. But there's something special about this Bible that I like better than all the other ones. It's not very good in commentary. It's not really good as far as like a Thompson chain. You could just run around and grab stuff. But there's one thing that I really like about this Bible is that in the margin, it tells you the year that it happened of what you're reading about. And the interesting thing is when I got to Genesis 19 and 30 and I began to read that uh, Lot is living in a cave with his two daughters. I thought, I just read where Lot was living with Abram and he was exceeding rich basically. And he had flocks and he had herds and he had tents and the land was not able to bear them. And so... I, I looked at, at the dates of this in Genesis 13 when he has all this stuff is in the year before Christ, 1918, 1918 years before Christ. And then I turned back to Genesis 19 where I read that he was living in a cave and it was 1898 B.C. So basically you can say from Genesis the 13th chapter to Genesis the 19th chapter, 20 Years have passed. Everybody say 20 years. And this is what the Lord began to deal with me about this last week when I read this. As a matter of fact, I, man, this has been burning in my spirit. I was going to preach it Sunday morning and, and God turned me around and I had to preach something else. And I believe him and I trust him and I know his timing. Amen. But when God began to deal with me about this last week, he dealt with me from this uh, simple little title that time is what will tell 
your story. See, we can put on pretty clothes and say pretty words and act how we want to and raise our hands and run the aisles with everybody else and try to explain who we are and what we are, but we don't get to tell our story. You know what's going to tell your story? It's a little thing called time. And when a little time goes down the river, you know what I feel like shouting tonight? I feel like dancing. You want to know why? Because I've been sowing some good seed. I've been doing some things that are right. Hallelujah. Clap your hands to the Lord together. Amen. Time. Everybody say time. Time is a tool that God uses over and over. I believe it may be one of his favorite tools is a thing called time because time will always reveal the truth. Well, hallelujah. Don't worry about how many darts the devil throws at you. Uh, Just worry about what you're living. Worry about what you're doing. Uh, Make sure you're doing right. Uh, Make sure you're living right. And time will tell what you've been doing. Well, all the honest people in the church ought to clap their hands. Hallelujah. Amen. Time will reveal the choices that people have been making. Amen. Time will reveal the decisions that they've been making, right or wrong. That's what I love about this Bible. It don't sugarcoat anything. If you're a flop, it says you're a flop. (laughs) Amen. If it says you're a righteous man, you're a righteous man. Amen. And everything in between, if you had a bad... Kind of glad we're living in this era and not that era where everybody gets to hear what we did. I said, I'm glad I'm living today. Praise God. Well, I feel like preaching. So the Bible says, judge nothing. Everybody say, judge nothing. Here's the key, before the time. Until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the heart. Praise God. Amen. This, this scripture is two parts. Amen. This, this, this one scripture is a cup half full and a cup half empty at the same time. Praise God. You know which one I'm going to pick. This Bible is describing this scripture. Amen. Praise God. I feel so much Jesus right now. I feel so much Holy Ghost backing me up right now. This scripture is an indictment, first of all, of anybody that would try to hide and deny and cover up all their evil deeds. It's an indictment of people that will not confess before God the things that they need help. I'm telling you, confession is the hardest thing in the world to do. It started out in the beginning in the garden. 
Amen. When the God comes to the man and says, why did you eat? Wasn't me. It's that woman you gave me. Y'all are laughing like I made that up. That's what he said. It's that woman you gave me. He goes to the woman. Why did you eat? It's that serpent that did it. They just kept on passing the buck. I'm telling you, humanity does not like to confess. But here's my philosophy. If someday God's going to turn the light on anyway, I'd rather just be an open book. I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. Amen, I tell you what happens to self-righteous people. That's when, you, when you hear somebody self-righteous and they're always, amen, talking about how good they are and how bad everybody else is, uh, just know they got a confession problem because we were all born in sin and shaping in iniquity. Uh, we have all come short of the glory of God. Uh, when I walk through that door, I'm not looking to find fault here and find fault there. Uh, when I walk through that door, I'm walking in as an old sinner uh, that God had mercy on. Well, about 15 people believe in the word of God. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody clap your hands to the Lord. Amen. The scripture is saying, you may think you're hiding, but in time, what you're doing and have done will be brought to the light. Praise God. Amen. But let me tell you what else the scripture is saying. Judge nothing before the time. I believe this scripture is giving hope to people. I think what God is saying, don't judge people. I think what God is saying, uh, while I'm still doling out mercy, uh, I don't want you doling out judgment. When I still got hope for them, uh, I don't want you condemning them. Judge nothing uh, until the time. Hallelujah. Boy, I feel faith in this house right now. You know what I believe this scripture is trying to tell us tonight? Uh, There's a lot of people that's done a lot of silly things in their life, uh, but it don't matter. There's still time that God can turn it around. Uh, If if God was finished with people, he'd tell you, go ahead and judge them if you want to. Uh, But if he ain't finished, uh, I ain't finished. Uh, If he's got another word for them, uh, I got another word for them. Well, well, Come on, don't let a self-righteous spirit get on you right now. Don't let a Pharisee spirit get on you right now. Just thank God he brought you out. Come on, let's love Jesus right now. Hallelujah. Amen. Tells me there's a lot of people that's made a lot of mistakes. But if they turn it around, time will reveal 
And time will show that they got back on track. You may not be happy about this, but I'm thrilled about this. Praise God. You might have been born an angel, but I wasn't born an angel. I was born an idiot. Amen. But one day God got a hold of an idiot. I'm so thankful when I was a teenager that the church didn't give up on me. I'm so thankful when I was 21, uh, the pastor didn't give up on me. Uh, I'm so glad when I made mistakes in my life, uh, people didn't judge. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Everybody say, judge not before the time. You know what the Bible's telling us? A moment won't tell your story. One moment will not tell your story. Time is going to tell your story. Come on, church, we got to get out of this. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. We can't throw people under the bus. Praise God. Amen. If we threw everybody under the bus that ever made a mistake, there'd no, be nobody in the bus. We'd all be under the bus. We'd all be hanging out looking at the axles. And nobody'd be in it. Hey. Why don't we pull people out from under the bus and pull them in with us? Say, hey, God's got something for you. Come on, let's love him right now. Come on, the devil don't want this preaching to go forth. The devil don't want his church to hear the word of God. But we're going to open up our ears. We're going to open up our hearts uh, and we're going to hear what God has to say. Come on. Let me ruffle up your theology for a minute. One prayer meeting won't tell your story either. I said one prayer meeting will not tell your story. What will tell your story is a personal altar. <laughs> Boy, I touched God back in 1990. Well, hallelujah. There's a lot of time going under the bridge Water that's flowed a long way since you had a breakthrough. One Holy Ghost speaking in tongues ain't going to tell your story. Time's going to tell your story. Come on, the flesh may not like this, but it's good for you. 
One little touch of God ain't going to tell your story. It's going to be all the time from the time you went to the altar until God calls you home. What have you become? Lift your hands to the Lord right now. Come on, let's thank him in this house. Hallelujah. 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 Tell the person it's made terrible mistakes. One bad decision ain't going to tell your story. Let me tell the Pharisee also. One good decision ain't going to tell your story. Time. Time. Time is going to tell your story. What decisions you made your whole life. So I, one of my favorite stories is a woman that was caught in the very act of adultery. All the Pharisees wanted to uh, kill her because she had gone against the law of Moses. Praise God. And Jesus said, whoever is without sin, praise God, you can throw the first stone. You know what Jesus was saying? I've got this big light right here. And one of these days, buddy, I'm about to turn it on you. I, I got a feeling that started clicking in that spirit. I, I don't want to be the one casting the light on her. Because one of these days, they're going to turn that light around. And it's going to start shining on me. Hallelujah. Hey, we're not condoning sin. We're condoning mercy. Mercy rejoiceth against judgment. God loves taking a sinner that wants to change and give them mercy. And if God loves to, And we say we got God in us. If God said mercy rejoices against judgment. What he was saying, there ain't nothing makes me happier than somebody that deserves the death penalty to walk to an old-fashioned altar and repent of their sins. He didn't say, go back and do whatever you were doing. I got rid of all them people that wanted to kill you. He didn't say that. He said, go and sin no more. What was he talking about? It's time to repent. Don't you know he was so happy to be able to do that that day? It was something inside of Jesus that was rejoicing. 
to be <laughs> to give mercy when that woman deserved judgment. Praise God. God, make me just like you. I know you got your work cut out. But I know you're long-suffering. And I know you're patient. I'm asking you to make me just like you. If you rejoice by giving mercy, let me rejoice. Come on, tell it. Let me rejoice. Point at yourself and say, let me rejoice when you give mercy. Trying to help you get ready to meet God. Brother Aaron already mentioned, if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. You did say that, didn't you? Okay. I just heard it. Might have been God said it. I know I just heard it. Praise God. Think about that. Think about that. Think about that. If you can't forgive, you won't be forgiven. Tell me what somebody has done to you that is so bad that you would be willing to burn forever to hold it in. Ain't nobody done me that bad. They've cut me. They've hurt me. They've talked about me. But I ain't going to burn with them. Come on, church. He said, this is how you'll know my disciples, by their love one unto another. Come on, everybody, clap your hands. Man, when Lot's herdsmen start fighting with Abram's herdsmen, you would think Lot would stop that. But he didn't. That was a bad decision. He said, oh, getting kind of quiet. I'm going to talk to you how, how, how Lot... Time told a story, but time is just hanging on to your decisions. Man, here he is with everything he could ever want. And his herdsmen, his employees, start fighting with Abram's employees because they got so much stuff that they're bumping into each other. You would think the blessings of God would make something click. That would make you say, herdsmen, if they are bothering you, just scoot over a little bit. There's another little valley right on that side. If they're getting on your nerves, find another pew. Get you a chair and come to the front and put it at this altar. Get in the spin zone. Don't leave uh, your blessing behind. 
Lot made a bad decision. I'm telling you, the blessing will mess people up. When the separation of him and Abram happens, he don't resist it. Think about everything that Lot has is because he's connected in unity with Abram. Praise God. Lot don't even have a family. Lot is an orphan. And Uncle Abram takes him and teaches him a few things. And he becomes blessed by getting in unity with his spiritual leader. You may not like this, but it's the Bible. And now Lot has all this stuff because, not because he's brilliant, but it's because he's running around with Abram. And when they just keep on fighting and the split begins to happen and Lot doesn't resist it, he makes a bad decision. Now, if it's me and I know where my blessing comes from, Abram, I hear what you're saying. I hear that they're fighting. I hear that the herdsmen are arguing. But I ain't doing nothing. I'll straighten this out tomorrow. I'm not going to get my blessing shut off. But Lot does just the opposite because he's thinking in his head, I've got all this stuff. Why do I need Abram now? One, come on, two, oh my. Why do I need him now? I make more money than he makes. Forgetting that you were an orphan when you got here. This guy sure is getting quiet. Some big old eyes out there right now. Praise God. When he didn't stop the separation, everybody say he made a mistake. Bad decision. Two bad decisions in a row. And he separates. He sees the well-watered plains and he goes and he takes and he plants his tent right there in the, the Jordan Valley. And he pitches his tent towards Sodom. The pitching of the tent was the place, it basically is the direction it was pointing. There was one piece of fabric that they moved, it was their door. And so when they walked out of their tent, whichever way they had pitched their tent was the first thing they looked at. And before they went to bed, when they were shutting the door, it was the last thing they looked at. He made a bad decision when he pitched his tent toward Sodom. Come on, church. I'm going to preach to you a little while. I'd kind of like to know what you do first thing in the morning. Well, (laughs) maybe I don't. 
Praise God. I'm telling you, there's enough devils on that telephone. We, we preach against Hollywood. And if you pitch your tent toward Hollywood, it's just a matter of time till you're going to be in Hollywood. But let me tell you, on that phone right there, there's things worse than Hollywood's allowed to put out. And when you start pitching your tent uh, toward those websites, uh, nobody knows what you're doing uh, in the middle of the night uh, and you're pitching your tent uh, toward Sodom. You let this preacher preach to you. It won't be long till you're in Sodom. He goes south. He made a bad decision when he just pitched his tent towards Sodom. But I can tell you what happens after that. It ain't very long till you slide on down the hill and you live in Sodom. Let me tell you what Pentecost has done a generation ago. They started pitching their tent toward Hollywood. When for a hundred years, when it was Andy Griffin, there was Pentecostal preacher saying, "Let's not get that started. You you don't you don't want to go there. You don't want to. Let me tell you, it didn't stay, oh Andy. It ain't that anymore, honey." It's two boys loving each other. And it's two girls marrying each other. Uh, and you wonder what happens uh, when you pitch your tent uh, toward the world. Uh, you end up becoming the world. I wish somebody helped me right now. I wish some old time Pentecostals would get behind me right now. He made a bad decision when he pitched his tent that way. Then he made a bad decision when he just rolled on down the hill and started living there. The Bible is not clear. And I studied and looked every which way I could. I looked in commentaries today, and I don't think any smart people know, but it's not perfectly clear if Lot was married before he left Abram or he got married while he was in Sodom. But from the Bible, when we learn what his wife's desires were I got a feeling that was home he made a bad decision when he married a girl from Sodom praise God you remember what I'm preaching to you about all this is falling into the time of his life Lot you don't get to tell your story time's going to tell your story 
And he makes another bad decision when he marries a girl from Sodom. (laughs) He makes another bad decision when he lets his kids grow up in Sodom. He makes a bad decision when he lets the people of Sodom educate his children. When he lets the peer pressure of Sodom get to his children. It was a point, and it's the mercy of God, where some kings come and they destroy or they take over Sodom. And they take Lot captive and they run off. And and it's just the mercy of God, Uncle Abraham comes and rescues Lot. Lot makes another bad decision. Seemed like it would have clicked right then. You know what? It's time for me to go back home. But he didn't. He goes right back to Sodom. And he starts living there again. As far as I can tell, reading the whole Bible, he didn't make a good decision at all. Makes another bad decision when he begins to sit at the gate of the city, which means he became part of the, I guess you could say, the, the government of the city. And he gets involved and he becomes a part of it. He makes another bad decision by getting connected with all them people. And it's just... One thing after another. (laughs) Peter tells us about Lot. He says that he was a righteous man, but his soul was vexed every day. His soul was annoyed or distressed or irritated every day in Sodom by what he seen and what he heard. The Bible saying is, Lot, he wasn't an evil man. He just wouldn't separate from evil. Come on, church. Oh, I feel Jesus backing me up right now. I don't care how righteous you think you are. If you can't turn loose of evil, you're making a bad decision. I'm sure he made many more bad decisions that we're not privy to. But when God sees the evil in Sodom and decides he's going to destroy the city, he comes down and Even when Lot is told this city is going to be destroyed, Lot just kind of hangs on. And the angel of the Lord has to grab him and drag him out of the city. One bad decision after another. 20 years. Everybody say 20 years. 20 years from the day that the herdsmen get mad 
to the day the brimstone falls upon the city. God drags him out of there. Now he's living in a cave. And the Lord just, I guess, uh, began to deal with me about some things and I thought about what happened to the blessings that he had. Well, boy, it sure is quiet in here. You'll never know how these things are going to go. You just do them. The Lord dealt with me. Where were the blessings now? He's living in a cave with his daughters. No flocks. Flocks are sheep and goats. No herds. It was the the animals that would plow. No herdsmen. No employees. No tents. No wives. He didn't have anything. And it just... Clicked in my mind, where did all that stuff go? <laughs> Begin to think about the scripture that the enemy cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. When you look at Lot, when he had everything he wanted. And 20 years later, he has nothing. Time would tell the story. Lot, you made some bad decisions. Well, praise God. And it gets worse. He's living in the cave of perversion. And now he's got two. Uh, son slash grandson things. And you never hear anything else about Lot. All you hear about is his son slash grandson things that become the Ammonites and the Moabites. The people, the two nations that hate the people of God. The two people that hate the nation of Israel come out of the people of Lot. And I begin to think, Lot, it don't matter. You could stand at the edge of your cave and blame it on everybody in the world if you want to. Boy, it's quiet in here. But Lot, you're not going to get to tell your story. Time's going to tell your story. 20 years is going to tell your story. And 20 years later, Lot, what do you got to show? Boy, I feel like preaching right now. I'm so mad at the devil. I'd like to kick him in the mouth. Hallelujah. Hey, hey, we're more than conquerors is what that book said. More than conquerors is what that book says. Well, you don't understand, Pastor. I'm just ended up in the cave. You don't just end up in caves. 
time put you in a cave. Life put you in a cave. Boy, I didn't think anybody'd scuff up the baseboards tonight. Let me tell you a little story. If you end up in the cave, don't let that be the end of your story. I, I got the commentary out, and I went through all the whole Bible. I, I want to look for the name of Lot, Lot, Lot. And he's never mentioned again except in bad things, as it was in the days of Lot, or just like Lot's days, or it was bad. Praise God. Praise God. Let me just tell you something. If you end up in a cave, this is your pastor's prayer. That your story don't end up a lot. But it ends up like David. Because there was another man that ended up in a cave one day. There was another man that's life was all upside down. But he wasn't sinning in his cave. Uh, he was learning how to play the harp. And he was learning how to write songs. Uh, and he was learning how to worship God. Uh, and he was learning how to, to be humble. Uh, he was learning how to get along with people. Uh, he was learning how to appreciate people. Come on, can I preach a little while? Can I preach a little while? Hey, Lot ain't the only one that ended up in a cave. Uh, he's the only one that stayed there. David, you could have sinned. Don't you know David had every reason to sin? Amen, he was anointed of God. Didn't do anything wrong and they got after him, accused him of all kinds of garbage and he's running for his life. He's in a cave just like Lot was in a cave. He could have got mad and been a sinner the rest of his life and the story of time would have said David was a sinner. He could have had the exact same result, but he said, no, I'm not going to be like that. When they said, hey, Saul, the one that hates your guts is laying over there uh, and he's sound asleep uh, and his armor bearer is sound asleep. Uh, we can go over there and kill him right now. No, you ain't going to put that anger in me. You ain't going to get me to touch God's anointing. Long as I'm in this cave, uh, I'm going to learn how to sing songs. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to get in caves every now and then. He Can I preach to you a little while? Just because you're in the cave don't mean you got to stay there. Praise God. Don't judge anything before the time. David falls into a mess. He had everything he wanted. God brought him out of the cave and put him in the castle. He 
still makes a little mistake. He ends up with another man's wife. He has a child. Here comes the prophet and he tells him a story about a man that's got all kind of sheep and everything. What does this man do? He goes over here to his neighbor that's only got one little lamb. And he steals it away. And David's getting madder by the minute listening to the story. Thinking I'm fixing to wear this guy out. But Nathan the prophet said, David, you're the man. I'm telling you, that man was the king. He could have said, Joab, come kill this prophet. I'm sick of listening to that man. That ain't what the story of his life would be. The story of his life would be that he repented. Oh, God, I'm sorry. God, forgive me. And David's whole life, every time he makes a mistake, he's getting down on his face in sackcloth and ashes. David, you ain't going to get to tell your story. Time's going to tell your story. The decisions you make is going to tell your story. He messed up. He made mistakes. He always had a tender heart. You could always get David to repent. God, don't ever let my heart get hard. I don't want that story. I don't want that life. I don't want time to tell. He got a hardened heart and he died in the cave. But it would be sad. This would be David's story. Not a perfect man. But a repentant man. Not a perfect man. But one that strove to be perfect. He would be told. This would be a story. He was a man. After God's own heart. 2,000 years later. 4,000 years later, here we are on a Wednesday night. I'm, I'm preaching. Lot, time told your story. You never, you never repented. You, you, just, you just kept piling on the bad decisions. Lot, your story is uh, you're an enemy of God. Abram's own kin was the enemy of God. Here's the descendant many years later, David. A man after God's own heart. Well, I feel like, I feel like reasoning with people right now. You don't have to paint your life and try to make people believe you're something. Or <laughs> You don't have to be a fake in this church. You can be real in this church. 
You don't have to spin things and try to get a narrative that you are something because you don't get to tell it. Ten years down the road will tell it. You, I've preached way too long. I'm going to blame it on Aaron Robertson for taking all my time up. Listen to this. You can say I signed in for prayer every day. But time will tell whether you touch God every day or not. Lift your hands to the Lord together. Man, I feel like challenging this church. Don't get hung up on your past. Don't get hung up on yesterday. Time, it's going to be years. It's going to be many decades. Many services, many prayer meetings, many altar calls. all the responses of all those days are going to tell the story of your life God let it be a beautiful story come on I wish everybody would come around this front pray together hallelujah we love you Jesus come on why don't you Make some commitments to God right now. Oh, God. <laughs> Come on, let the Holy Ghost help you right now. Come on, let the Holy Ghost help you. Come on. If you're not proud of it, God can change it. Come on, let God do some changing. Come on, let God write some new chapters. Come on, let there be some good stuff.